Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. And we are back for yet another week. What? You have something in your teeth. <laughs> I don't have anything in my teeth. You do. You have like a, my some peppers. What did you eat for lunch? Uh, did you eat lunch today? Wings. What? What? What did you eat? I had wings. Where did you get wings? I was on a ministry luncheon. You and your ministry. L- you still have pepper in your teeth, but I mean, you and your ministry luncheons. Yeah, I'm at home with my children eating leftovers, whatever's convenient or there. It's still there, man. Oh, well, it's going to stay there. That's going to bust. Just me and Kids you in right the there, studio. Right? Just get it right there. It's just, just. I can't. I can't do it. It's fine. Okay. We. Anyways. <laughs> that, that's that's it. <laughs> you still have it there, and I'm just going to try to ignore it. It's not going to work. Um, So, Yeah. I am at home, like eating leftovers and whatever's there, whatever's convenient. And now I was hoping that you would leave it and see how long it would last. And at the end of the episode, I was going to be like, that thing hung on for a dear life. He's getting it out, y'all. He's using a camera to get it out of his teeth. <laughs> he can't, he can't stand it. He can't stand to, for his beauty, okay, we can for move his on beauty the, to be marred from the by a fleck the of pepper. Incident. I'm sorry. I was really hoping. Anyways, he goes on these ministry. I'm like, what What are you doing? I uh, have a meeting. You have You have a meeting? Yeah, wh- where's your meeting? Who are you meeting with? He's like, I'm meeting at a uh, 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 Kava. It's just, yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's always some place he's meeting for ministry, he says. And I'm like, ho-hum. Anyways, we had a great weekend this past week. <laughs> Uh, we had our Awaken Youth Conference yeah, here at Faith. Awesome. It, it was, was a, a it really was amazing. Good weekend. It was so great. Yeah, we had uh, Lance Schmidt down from Connecticut. Yeah, he does. Uh, he does to, a really good job. He led the lead worship. Our worship along with BJU Grass. Oh man, which they are they they're pretty awesome. They are solid. Yeah. Like if you have not had BJU Grass come into your church, you need to make that happen. They're, yeah. they're really great. They are. They were. They did a good job. It was good. Leading it was awesome. the worship and the preaching. It was a full day. So basically, if you've never been to Awaken, if you've never been a part of Awaken, our youth conference here at Faith, then uh, you should definitely check it. Check it out. Check it out. You should. You should. You sound super excited. But you, you should check it out. It is. <laughs> you can check it out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash let us awake or on Instagram at let us awake. See some pictures from the event. But um, it's a really, really cool. Um, we used to it used to be a three day event. We've kind of transitioned uh, to a one day uh, mini conference. But it was it was good. It was yeah, a lot it was of fun. well attended and the preaching was really awesome. We had Dean Miller. Um, where is he from, Daddy? He is from Front Range Baptist Church in Colorado. Colorado, and then we had Kenny Baldwin. Yep. And the preaching and Pastor preached a, like a short challenge, um, Pastor Skelly. But it was it was excellent. It was really great. I was I was very thankful that I was able to attend this weekend. Yeah. So if you are in ministry out there and you um, have teens in your church and you're close nearby, then mark your calendar for next year. June, I believe it's June 20th, 
of 2022 is the date for Awaken Youth Conference next year. Uh, just check it out at letusawake.com uh, is the website. Um, or all of the the social media pages are facebook.com forward slash let us awake. And then, of course, Instagram we already told you about. So June 20th is a Monday. Okay, it's not June 20th. It's <laughs> June 18th of 2020. Uh, uh. Sorry about that. It is a Saturday, not a Monday. It is a Saturday. And you know what? It really is fun. There was blow-ups, and we provide lunch, and there was something special um, for the sponsors, like a, a sponsor session. And I think everybody had a great time. Yeah. And we've had repeat offenders. So we have, we've had churches come back um, a few times through the years. And the, the event's not very old. No, it's th- this is our third uh, Awaken. Babe. Would have been fourth, but... I have to say something. We mi- what? You sound so tired. I'm not tired. Is this it the is weather? Our, maybe. It's raining He's and like, dreary and cold. It was our not cold, third but. year. Like... I mean, yeah, Awaken I is, is a... It's a it's a draining event. It's a long Yeah, you... Are, I think day. you probably are tired. Um, it's been, a, it's been a weekend. I know. I slept in until eight this morning. Eight. I know. We can hardly ever do that. Our our windows in our bedroom, like they just have white shears on them, so the light comes in, especially in the summertime, really early. So we usually wake up about six thirty and then try to go back to bed. But you'd wake up till eight. Right, eight fifteen almost. And you fell asleep pretty early on the couch. I mean, I watched TV by myself for a good long while. Well, that's normal. That's normal. That's. I will try to sound more peppy. Is this better? Do I sound more peppy? You now? sound a little more excited. Like these people are not going to want to come to awaken. Judging on that, it was great. It was it a was really so awesome great. day. It was it, it was amazing. And yes, this is our third year. This is the third time we've done it. COVID kept us from doing it last year, um, but it's a it's a good event. It's a lot of fun. You should um, check it out. Let me ask you a question. Me? No, them. Okay. Do How are you they all? Answer? have the same dynamic that we have. I feel like every couple has one sleeper and one night owl. Like, do you guys, do you do you both stay up late? Do you both go to bed early? How do you all work that in your relationship? In our house, it's always been the same. It's always been like, we start watching a movie or whatever, start watching TV, and he falls asleep and like, are you okay? <laughs> The struggle is I just dropped the lid to my water. That's it. Oh, man. Y'all, the struggle's real today. But we, I I have watched about, (laughs) you are a mess today, man. Uh, Anyways, we'll start watching something, and I look over about 15 minutes in, if that, and he is passed out on the couch. Do you know how many times I have rewatched movies Sometimes over like the well, course of a week. Well, I tell you week, all the time, if you'll just turn them off when you notice that I've fallen asleep, I then see, you don't have to watch it again. Listen, I'm already in it. I don't want to watch 15 minutes of the movie and then turn it off. Watch well, 15 minutes the next day and it turn it off. Again. And I do. I, sometimes we watch it like all week long. It's like, let's try again. Let's that try again. That is true. She is not lying right now. And I've watched movies repeatedly in the same week because he just falls right asleep. And you know what? The funny thing is, too, before we started having kids, it wasn't even like he was an early riser, like early to bed, early to rise. Nope. He was. I call him a sleeper. He's not even an early riser. I don't know what it is about movies. For me, it's like when you put a movie on, it's like, you you know, when you 
Right. Like, I don't know. I, when, when you ride in a boat, just the sound of the engine. What are you talking about? It makes right you now? relaxed and want to go to sleep. How did we get to a boat from here? <laughs> That's what a movie does for me. Like, it doesn't matter what time of day it's on. So, yesterday I watched in the morning, uh, not yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday in the morning I watched Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, when I right after I woke up with Beckett, he was wanting to watch a movie. Early so in the morning. we watched that. I fell asleep while I was watching it. Right are after you, I had just woken up. Are you serious? And then in the afternoon, we were actually watching Luca, the new Disney Plus movie. And I watched about. I made it through about an hour of it, and then I fell asleep, sitting in a chair. That wasn't that comfortable, but it's just like a movie. That, <laughs> You're like an old man I now. Don't know. I can't. I this can't is my life, you guys. Me. Like it's already happening. He's so it be takes me several sittings, sitting up through. in a chair with his newspaper, watching whatever, and then we're gonna try to change it, and he's gonna be like, "No, no, no!" I was resting my eyes. <laughs> this is the my life already. It's happening too soon. I don't know. We're not even forty. I just yet. can't make it through. You said right before we. We started recording that for your birthday. You wanted to go to a drive-in, a drive-in movie. If there's anything good, if there's anything good showing that weekend, and the drive-ins are the worst because number what? one, I listen. I love like it's a lot of fun. It's a cool experience. It's nostalgic and everything, but they're the worst because the movie doesn't start until it gets dark. So, so it's, very it's late. already late. It's like nine o'clock before the movie and then, starts, and then typically it's a double feature. And so you have to watch two movies, and then even after the double feature, you have to drive home. And the drive-in's like an hour, hour and 20 minutes from our house. Oh, not an hour and 20 minutes. It is. Maybe it feels like an hour and 20 no, minutes at that time. No, it doesn't feel like that's you because you've not, you've not driven it, and you don't have to drive it at like midnight or later after yeah, the second later. movie is over with. So I But don't, it's such a fun experience. I don't thoroughly enjoy the drive-in. What? I'm sorry. It's like one of my favorite things. It's like a summertime. You have to go to the drive-in at least once. I like going. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. I just wish I could sleep there. You guys, I have a, I have, I have a dream. I have a plan for a retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I said, I always have, okay, I have all these ideas. And I'm like, oh, you know, it would be great. This would be really great. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah, whatever you say. And he does not believe in any I of I believe dreams. in you 100%. I no, think you can do it. But you can't give me any money to back it up. That's true. <sighs> so my dreams will never come to fruition. Just find some investors. If you're out there and you want to invest in her dream. They don't then, even know what my dream well, is. Well, you're about to tell them, aren't you? I have a lot of dreams. Okay, tell them one of them because we don't have time for a lot today. I have three. No, one. <laughs> You can tell them one. If you're an we'll investor and you we'll would like to invest in- We'll save this conversation for another day. I'm going to keep you on the edge of your seat. You're not going to tell them one? No, you, because you, you had, said I don't have time and I want to tell all three. Your investor is probably out there like pulling out his pocketbook or her pocketbook yeah, right now. Yeah, right. Getting Nobody's ready to stroke a check for however much you, you need or want. And Look, now I'm like a little you're going to lose that like, opportunity. When I grow up, but I don't even know how to get from A to B. Okay. Sorry, you don't get to hear her dream. No. You get to hear it. It's to day. open a drive-in in Nags Head. You're such a... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to invest in that, then hit us up. No, after we're old and we're ready to retire. Well, you need to start collecting the money now. And the investment just... If you're, an, inv- <laughs> if you're an investor, we'll hold your money for you for a while. Oh, goodness. <laughs>
No, the other thing is I, there are two. There's lots of businesses we always talk about. We should open a business like this. Yeah, we're not talking about. No, I said one today. I know, and now I want to talk about all of no. them. You okay. threw open the door. Sorry. There's like five different ideas. We're like, you just oh, said that would three. Be awesome. No, but I remembered the one we talked about in Lancaster. I don't want to know. You're trying to like goad me into. Is that the word? Goad? I don't know. I used the wrong word today. I felt foolish. You're trying. <laughs> I'm not the There's person. It's a to one add. foul swoop. Stop! Stop uh, with the one foul swoop. Anyways, we need to we need to jump into our conversation for the day. So last week we left off. Why are you looking at me like that? Do you have something else you wanted to say? No, I'm okay. ready. Let's last week we, we were talking about, we we're working our way through 15 things that we have learned slash are continuing to learn. <laughs> Wait, one foul swoop or one fell swoop? I don't, I've, always, I've, always wondered, I've always wondered which one it actually was. And Why actually, are people listen, listening to us? On. We're idiots. Wait. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you that the other day when we were talking about that phrase. I was actually going to ask you whether it was one foul or one fell swoop. And because I don't know, honestly, which one it is. But I thought you would make fun of me. So I thought I'll just Google it instead. instead. And then I forgot to Google it. And then when I just said it, I thought, oh, no, is she going to is she going to correct me? But then you said one foul swoop. So I figured I was right. It is. You know what I said today? I said, I second that notion. <laughs> and I was like, wait, is it I second that motion or I second that notion? I, I had mean, to I guess it. it could be I second that notion. I mean, I think I think both might make sense, but you second a motion when you're in like an official business but meeting. Motion, I think, is actually what the phrase is supposed to be. Anyways. And I said notion. So uh, is it one foul or one fell? I don't know. We're going to have to Google that. Because I think Nate Bargatze says one fell swoop on his little Yeah, but it kind of has an accent a little bit, so it's I don't hard. Know. Is it one foul or one fell? You guys let us know. And also, Maybe we'll do put you a poll say on I Facebook. second the notion or second the motion? I don't think anybody says that. Nobody, I, nobody says that. I Googled it, and it has become like people say it. I never it has like kind of transformed in into that. Anyways, okay, 15 we things got, we've I'm learned sorry. and are still learning. Side Obviously, tracked. one of them is how to speak. We have not quite learned I that. I thought we yet. were intelligent people. Uh, I did too. Until <laughs> that we graduated right from college. We have we postgraduate degrees. We just lost half our listeners because of that conversation that we just had. Nah. So now we're down to one. No, no. We had one. How do you have half a listener? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, anyways, we were talking about 15 things that we have learned and are learning in marriage over the last 15 years. Um, so, today we continue that conversation. I think you have four to share today. Is that right? I do. And I have four to share today. Yep. Why don't you start? I started last week. I you you give us your that. first one. And I said in my brain, he is going to say, why don't you start? I started last week. And I was right. You were right. I was right. Okay. Here is the first thing. This is something that we emphasize and have emphasized and will continue to emphasize because it is so important. I have learned how important it is that we make time alone together. That we get alone to reconnect with one another and remember why we married one another because sometimes we forget 
when we want to kill each other. <laughs> but I have I have always, and I think that's a biblical principle. I mean, we saw that Jesus got alone to pray and to rest, um, to kind of quiet what was going on around him and, and to reconnect with God. And I think that we should do that. We should do that in our relationship with God. But we also should get away and get quiet to reconnect with the other person. Yeah, I think even the the leave and cleave principle in Genesis chapter 2 kind of uh, supports and, and reiterates that as well. Um, the fact that, you know, in, in a marriage that we are to leave your father and mother and cleave unto your spouse. And I think that when children come into the picture and you begin to have a larger family than just uh, two you know, two-person family unit with a husband and a wife, but now you introduce kids into the mix, that it becomes more difficult to cleave unto your spouse because there's just so many distractions and noises and other things going on that distract from that ability to connect with one another. Right, and I think about even just from experience, you know, you and I could be going through a rough patch, which we do, I mean, because, I mean, we've talked about, um, this before on the podcast, but I, I feel like we go through like good seasons and then like terrible seasons, <laughs> like seasons where we're like, oh yeah, this is going good and I love him. And then sometimes I'm like, ah, <laughs> why? How is this happening? What is going on? Uh, I'm always lovable. Yeah, right. I'm always easy to love. That is not even true. <laughs> and you know what? The same is true of me. I am not always easy to love. I understand that. But I think that sometimes when we're going through these, like especially dry spells, these low points in our relationship, that's especially, um, it's especially important then to take time and pause and be like, okay, we're not just going to continue to pretend that everything is okay and live like this. Like, let's get away. Let's reconnect. Let's... um, I don't know. Let's talk. No, I think that's good. Having, yeah, being intentional about, um, not, not a lot, because I, I think I would, I would imagine that every marriage goes through that. And maybe it's not that you're just constantly fighting and at each other's throats and, but you know, maybe it's just more of this distant feeling Mm. where you feel like you're becoming distant from your spouse and yeah, there's a disconnect. Um, and so having being intentional about setting aside time uh, to to make sure that you are staying connected right. with your spouse and in, and in the busy lives that we lead, um, I think that's even more important. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like there's always going to be another thing to do. There's always going to be something that's going to fill your time. There's always going to be something that you can put on your calendar Um Unless you are intentional about it, unless you set aside the time, unless you make it happen, it won't happen. And we've like, I mean, we've told you guys before, we skipped over Valentine's Day again this year because we just didn't make it happen. And it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, we can make it happen. But if we are not intentional about it, like I said, something else is going to come up. You know, somebody wants to have dinner. Some, somebody wants to know if you can do this or you can do that thing or... Yeah, you, and they're all good things. Yeah. It's not, but, it, but it's it's just something else to fill that time. Right. Or that day when you should probably be 
setting aside some time or that day to reconnect with your spouse. And like I said, from experience, I know when we've gone away or set aside some time, um, like as a date night, we used to do date night every week. Do you remember when we did that? Yeah. Yep. We used to go every single week and we would actually go out, out. We would get a babysitter and we would go out every single week. And that was, I think was really great for us. And then there was a while when we um, every week would set aside time for just the two of us and we would cook for each other. I think we talked about that too. Um, but those are great, great things. And I notice that when we make the time to do that, even if we're going through a dry spell, um, even if it seems like we're a little bit disconnected, it really helps. It really helps to strengthen that bond and um, to have that shared experience and to be able to talk things through and to just really focus on the other person. Ugh. And the thing, too, with focusing on the other person is you can be together on a date in the same place, in the same room or in the car, and not connect. Right. It's possible to set that time aside and not actually really have a great conversation. And we've done that before, too, you yeah. know, where we've gone out and it was like, oh, man, we really needed this time away. I'm so glad we got to do it. But instead of like really focusing on one another, we spend too much time on our phones. And sometimes that actually hurts more than it helps. Yeah. Because then it's like you get back from that and it's just like you're mad at the other person because they didn't talk to you or, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. So I, I think that being intentional about doing that, doing it, but then also being intentional about um, making sure that you're accomplishing the the purpose for which you set that time aside. Right. And I think too, it allows you the opportunity to talk about more than just like the, Hey, what are we doing tonight? What's for dinner? Right. What, what is the next thing on our calendar and our plan? What is, you know, what do the kids have coming up? It allows you to connect on a deeper level um, about, you know, other things, feelings, yeah. thoughts, emotions, plans, goals, those kinds of things that yeah. are kind of hard to talk about unless you are intentional about it. Anyways, that is my first thing of the day. All right. So mine is that I need to, I, I've learned to be grateful for and, well, let's just, let's, let's say that and then we'll talk about it. I've learned to be grateful for and recognizing of the giftings that you have the abilities that you have that I don't possess. And it's not a, like I used to be, and this is pride, this this is pride, but I used to feel like um, because you were better than I am at some thing that... Uh, what, what thing? Well, I, I don't want to say all the things, <laughs> but uh, be, because you were, you, were, you were more skilled in an area than I was that... I had to kind of overcompensate and I had to do it so that you didn't have to do. And it was just kind of ridiculous way of thinking. So for instance, um, I am not administrative at all. I mean, I know you know that, but the people that listen to the podcast might know that. He's um, not I just, administrative. I don't have an administrative mind. Like I don't, I don't care for administration. I don't want to be the person, like I'm, I'm very much a visionary. I can come up with, you know, big plans and have big goals and th think big, but then, you know, getting the people in place to do all the things that I have the vision for, um, I can get the people there, but I, just 
administrating all of it is not a strength of mine, but that is a strength of yours. Mm. Administrating and organizing and, you know, seeing the, the details that need to be taken care of. Like, I'm the kind of guy that's going to plan an event and I'm going to have, I'm going to invite all these people over and I'm going to get the hamburgers and the hot dogs, but I'm not going to get the paper plates and I'm not going to get the <laughs> napkins and I'm not going to get the cups and I'm going to forget the ice and, you know, the, the, deta- the, the little things that, like I can see the big picture, but I don't, I'm not a very good person at seeing all the little details and, and nuances and you are, you're good at that. And so one of the things that I've learned and really that, that God has taught me and that you've taught me after telling me time and time again, um, <laughs> that it is just that to be thankful or, or to be recognizing oh. of and thankful for the gifts that, that you possess and the abilities that you possess that I'm weak in. And I think that's what God does for us. He mm-hmm. gives us someone who has strengths where we have weaknesses. Um, because if we both are, or it's kind of like when you run an organization, you want to staff in your weaknesses. If you're a leader and you want, you know, you want other people to bring your organization up, you want to put people in place that are strong in areas that you have a weakness so that they can, they can take care of that. And in marriage, it's the same thing. I think God puts us together with somebody that they always say opposites attract, with somebody that maybe is opposite of us, has, you know, strengths that we don't possess because that is the glue that binds our families together. Yeah, I think that both of us bring something to the table and that something is unique. Um, We balance each other out and we both serve a purpose. It's a different purpose. Um, but yeah, that was a hard lesson for me to learn too. Um, and I know it was a hard lesson pro- probably for us to work through together. Like it, it and, and I hate to say this, but it's true. Like it's very difficult for us to work together or it has been in the past, I should say. Probably not as much as it used to be. Um, I'm not, I always thought there was something wrong <laughs> because I'm like, how come it is so hard for us to work together? We can't work together. Like it's that was actually when when I presented you with the idea of working together and collaborating to make this podcast. You were like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that that's gonna work. <laughs> I really uh-huh. said that. <laughs> But, because I'm like, people are not going to want to sit there and listen to us argue like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, I mean, we have a difficult time working together. But I, I had a friend say to me recently, and she's a pastor's wife, too. And she was like, yeah, my husband and I cannot work together. And I was so relieved to hear her say that because I was like, OK, it's not just us. Like, it's a normal thing because um, it's it's difficult. Like, uh, it's difficult for me because I know you're the leader, right? But an administrative thing, it, like an administrative position, is kind of a leadership position. So I kind of have to balance that, like not take over and not try to like push myself on you or your plans, even though I can see things that need to be done or even though I know things that might go wrong if we don't have the foresight. It's hard for me to balance that. Um, it's hard for me to just be okay with like, okay, well, that'll probably not go well and know that that it probably won't go well and not have the ability to like do anything about it. Like when we used to do Messerama. You remember yeah. when we tried yeah. to do Messerama for years and years? Josh Josh was the youth pastor here. How long, babe? Mm. I don't know. 11 years, 12 well, years. Well, we've been here about 13. I guess 12 years. 
Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. 11 and a half. I don't know. 11. Long time. I don't know. But we would do Masarama. Every year in the summertime, we would do an event. And um, it was like an all-evening event. And all we had all these messy games planned. And I had all of these ideas about like, okay, this is, this is what we could do. And this is how we should do it. And we need to get this and this and this and this. And he's like, that's too much planning. Let's just like throw it together. And I'm like, no, you have to plan it. And so I know I would get on your nerves so bad whenever we do Messerama because I'm like, I've got all these plans. And you're like, eh, it's fine. We'll be okay. So it was very difficult and very frustrating for us to work together for that reason, I think. But it's something that I think we've grown in. I yeah, mean, we've I done think, this podcast okay. I, right. I, I think <laughs> doing things together and, and, again, it's something that I've learned. That, you know, to be, to be appreciative and recognizing of the gifts that God has given you and then to, to utilize those, right. you know, in ministry and in our home. And I think the reason that I say it's something that I've learned and am learning is because I think... I think at first I kind I didn't recognize those as as gifts that God had given you and you know just strengths in areas where I was weak but I recognized them the the way that I recognized them and the way that I accepted <laughs> that input into a certain event or whatever was going on was that you were just uh annoying not annoying yes like a little chihuahua <laughs> you you were just always trying to like I don't know, to take control of it and like do it, do, I don't know. Anyways, no, it's I something that, that I've learned. Something that I've learned yeah, I is can to be see recognizing. That, though, in that area. Because like I said, it, it feels like I'm trying to take over. I'm not. I'm just trying to have foresight about what needs to be done, what could go wrong and how to prevent that. Right. But for you, it felt like I'm trying to control everything. But again, I think that. I think that a part of that was pride in my life where I'm like, I have to be the one in charge and I have to be the one to do everything. It's pride and it's immaturity because really the reality is that the vision was there and I know what I wanted to get done. And I know I, I knew how to get from, you know, A to B. But the best way to get from A to B was to let somebody else come in and help me with it. Let right. somebody else come in and do this or do that. And I was always the one that was like, well, you know, I think that this is the way it needs to be done. This is the way we're going to do it. And I've just learned over the years to be appreciative of the gifts that God has given you. And I would challenge all of us as husbands to realize that just because, you know, our wife is stronger than us in a certain area, it doesn't mean that she is attempting to seize control in the relationship or in, you know, an event or right. whatever it is that we're planning. But that might just be an area in which she is gifted and you are not. Right. And I think that um, that kind of goes with my next point. Well, kind of in that I think that maybe that happened because you have, um, I don't know, the men have the need to be um, respected, right? To kind of be admired. Yeah, That's kind sure. of how you're wired. And so if she's better at something than you it's it kind of takes a hit maybe on your pride and maybe it shouldn't be that way you know that is immaturity um, because it really doesn't have anything to do with you not being good enough it's just that she's good at something and that's okay um but my next point was we both have needs that can only be met within the context of this relationship mm. the relationship 
that we have the marital relationship between us, <clears throat> they can't. They should only be, and right, they can right. only be met within the context of this relationship. What do you think some of those needs are? Um, I I would say certainly um, emotional. Um, what's the what's the right word? Emotional health, maybe. It's to emotional stability. Um, and what I mean by that is obviously God can, can help meet our emotional needs, but there's a, there's an aspect to our emotional health that, um, you know, I'm not, and, and you're not going to go out to some other person and seek for them to, you know, meet your emotional needs when you are going through or dealing with a difficult circumstance in your life, you're not going to go to them and, you know, pour that out in front of them, but I should be the one where, you know, you are coming to me and you feel comfortable enough to come to me and, and, you know, disclose what it is that you're going through and the difficulties you're facing, the challenges you're facing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say that's one of them. Yeah. I think too, like I just said, you have this need to be respected, I think by me. Um, it's my, it's my job to help you fulfill that need to respect you but it's also my job to help you it's my job to love you like you have all of these um needs that only your wife should right. be fulfilling and can fulfill yeah, yeah and you're looking to that from me <laughs> and and you know i think once upon a time i thought that maybe those needs were wrong, you know? Like, he needs to be admired or respected by me. That is sin. That is pride. You know what I mean? But I think that's how you're hardwired, and there's nothing wrong with you wanting to be respected by me. Um, I don't know that it's a pride thing. I think it's just you desire that from me, yeah. you know? Um yeah, and I think that's that too is a biblical mandate for you know we looked at the biblical mandates for for spouses. We ha we did two part series on the husband and a three part series on the wife. Um, you know what? I don't know why we did an actual one on the wife, but um, <laughs> submit. You know what? What submit had his own episode. <laughs> what are yeah? Right. That's a tough one. What are Oof. the responsibilities of each? And I, I think you see that in Scripture in Ephesians chapter five that you know the the wife's one of the wives roles is to honor and and love her her spouse so certainly I think that's that's true yeah I think and as a wife like I have this need to be cherished yeah I think yeah just speaking from my perspective would you say that you have a need to be admired to be respected? yeah I would say sure yeah I would say that that's an innate desire within every man and if he doesn't receive that from his wife um then he's going to find it somewhere right. so whether he's going to find that in his job or whether he's going to find that with another woman mm -hmm. or whether he's going to find that you know wherever he's going to find that need and the same is true with the emotional aspect and the love and the cherishing and all of that you know so so i think that's why we have to be so careful as husbands and wives to make sure that we are doing these things so that our spouse doesn't have to go outside of the marriage relationship to find these because as you said in your point is that these are things that should be only met inside the bounds of uh, of our marriage right bond. but i think that 
it's important for us to say like if it's not happening within the context of your marriage that it's still not okay to look outside of your marriage right to receive that sure and you're not actually forcing the other person's hand you're not making it any easier for them but it's still something that they are responsible to to be careful of that they're, they're not yeah. going out you know outside the marriage to seek these things but i know from personal experience like I need to be, and we've talked about this before, I need to be seen by you as an individual mm-hmm. and cherished, like really f- loved. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there's a disconnect where I feel like, I don't know. I don't know that he really sees me. I don't know that he really knows who I am more than he recognizes my role. I think this is a relationship that, we, a, a conversation we've had recently Um but it's very important for me to be seen and to be cherished by you. And that is, you know, other people can see me. Other people can love me. Certainly, you know, I have family and I have friends, but it's so different. Right. And right. so much more important when I know that you see me and that you know who I am at my core and you love me anyways mm-hmm. and you cherish me, not just love me, but you like cherish me you want me in your life um and the other thing too that we haven't touched on is that we have um physical needs yeah um and i think for me that this has been a difficult journey to traverse just being transparent because of how i grew up and i think how most of us grew up and we say it's not a bad thing and it's not a dirty thing like intimacy is a beautiful thing within the context of marriage and i could say that and i could tell other people that and i knew that in my head but i think that that didn't really translate to um kind of how i believed in my heart does that make sense yeah yeah i i think i you talk about the way that you know we grew up and the way that we were raised. And I think that's one of the reasons that we have to have one. It's one of the reasons we have to have honest, frank, transparent conversations with our children Mm. um, about sex and intimacy and, you know, the proper bounds for them. The world is going to give them all the messages, all the messages. I mean, you hear them each and every day. Right. Um, So you know, I mean, being quite honest, I'm sure that, you know, our 11 year old already, you know, knows more than we think. Um, sure. But, you, you know, I, I think that this is one of the reasons that because their their future marriage is dependent upon us as parents to help them traverse the, the landscape of you know, sex and intimacy and both the dangers of it before marriage and the beauty of it inside the bounds of marriage. The Bible says marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled. And so there's a beauty to intimacy. God has created that for us to enjoy within the bounds of marriage. And it's a need that, that both partners possess. Yeah. And, Um, and the fact that it's okay. Right. Like, for me, that has been a difficult thing to know that that's not wrong. It's not dirty. You know, it's okay. Yeah. 
but um, our world has made it dirty. And so we, we, yeah, you know, I, I think I swung too far the other direction. Right. <laughs> that I was like, oh no, like, no, I don't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that is something that, that I have learned, um, is that you have needs and I have needs, uh, emotional needs and physical needs right. that should and can be fulfilled within the context of our relationship. And it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Next. Good. Uh, okay. The next thing that I would say is this, that I've learned is raising kids is quite the task. <laughs> and I know we just kind of hit on that just a little bit, just with that one conversation that all of us as parents, you know, <laughs> tiptoe around and dread the day that we have that that discussion. But, um, you know, raising kids is not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. And there's a reason that they say it takes a village to raise a child yeah. um, because it truly does. Raising kids is quite the task. And I have always, always said and firmly believe it is the hardest thing that I have ever done. Yeah. It is the hardest thing that I have ever done. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're newly married or you're not yet married and you're looking forward to having kids one day, please do not let this discourage you. <laughs> Raising kids is an honor, it's a privilege, and it is a blast. It's so much fun. It really is. And That's they bring why people so much keep joy. having children. Yeah, they bring That's why we have four. They bring so much joy to your life. <laughs> um, but it is not, it's not easy. Um, you know, the Bible talks about children being a, a heritage from the Lord and that they, they truly are a blessing, but it's a big responsibility as well. Yeah, that's funny because that goes along with my next one. And my next okay. one is I can't change my children. Only God can do that. Mm. That is something that, man, I am learning. Yeah, it is a hard, hard lesson, too, because, you know, well, you know, in Proverbs, it says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I always took that as like, okay, if I do all the right things, if I do all the right things, then they're going to turn out perfect. Just like I want them to turn out, they're going to be great. But that is a biblical principle. That's not a promise. Right. I they have do, a free will. They I could still do have to all choose. the right things and they get to choose. Yeah. And I think that I have always just assumed that responsibility myself. Um, not to say that I should, you know, not train my children up because there's no guarantee. Sh sure, there's no guarantee. Um, but man, I have, I have been trying to take on more than I think is, is my job. You know, for a very long time, I thought I, I can change them. Why is that what I'm saying not working? Why aren't they getting it? And I realized that. It is my job to introduce them to God. It's my job to tell them, um, to give them wise counsel, to tell them what God's word says, to show them biblical principle, to live it out in my life, to tell them what's important, to show them what's important. But it is not my job to change my children. Yeah, and I think something that you said in there was, is the key, uh, and, and that is, modeling before our kids the way that a Christian should live. You know, they we can say all the right things. We can teach them all the verses. We can 
take them to church, put them in Christian schools. Um, you know, we can surround them with the right atmosphere. But at the end of the day, I, I truly believe that if as parents were saying all the right things and taking them to all the right places, but we ourselves are not modeling for them what a Christian looks like and what a Christian life should be, that all of that is for naught, that all of that doesn't matter. Um, so right, I, because then you just look like a hypocrite. Right, right. And they're not going Why would to they want, that? want to follow you yeah. as you follow Christ because you're not following Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a huge, huge lesson that I'm, I'm still learning. I think that's a process. For yeah. Sure. So raising kids is, is difficult. Um, but allowing God to take some of that, that burden off of us, uh, is always wise yeah. in realizing <laughs> that it's not all up to me. Certainly I play a huge role in it, right. but God is the, God is the changer of hearts. Um, yikes. Yeah. That's a scary thought. <laughs> That's a scary, it's a difficult one to accept. But you know what? Having children is a privilege. And they bring so much joy into our lives. And I, I'm i so thankful for each of our kids and and their own unique personalities. Yeah. And what they bring to the table. Right. You know, and, and how, I don't know, just what they bring into our home. I'm so thankful for each of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think like, you know, once you start having kids and you start thinking about just, you know, your life before kids, it's like, it's, it's just weird to think that you created those little monsters. Uh, and I created this circuit (laughs) that you, you created that, you know, God ultimately is the giver and taker of life, obviously, but that, you know, that, that God allowed you to have those kids and that they didn't exist and they would never have existed without, you know, you and I. Right. And so it's just, it's an amazing thing. Yep. Um, but it's, it's, it's a big task. It's a blessing. Yeah. But it's a task. It's a big task. Okay. My next one was this. Um, I have learned and am learning, and this kind of goes along with the second one that I said, or the first one that I said today. Um, and that is, um, what a help meet actually is. And so, you know, for so long, I think I felt like a help meet was a person that just helped me meet all my needs. Uh, and I that's, can that's to that. how I, I that, can attest to that's that. That's how I interpreted <laughs> help meet. And honestly, if I'm being honest, I feel like um, in a way that the some of the preaching and teaching that I heard over the years on marriage is you know, helped me to formulate that understanding of help me. But when you actually, you know, we did it together on the podcast. When you actually study the word, that's not at all what it's talking about. It's not somebody that's going to help me meet all my needs. Now she will. Um, but that's, you know, that's not what a help me means. Help me is, is somebody that God has given to us that is going to serve alongside, not behind, not cleaning up after me, not doing everything that I want her to do, but she's there to serve alongside me and she's going to help me and I'm going to help her. And so that's one of the things that, um, you know, she possesses unique skills and abilities that I don't possess that are going to further my ministry and further our home. Respect. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. 
I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think, um, yeah, because of, I don't know, how we were raised, what we were taught. Sometimes we get this, we as children or as teenagers, maybe this is not what the preaching that we heard was meant, you know, maybe that's not what the preacher was meaning to say. But from our perspective and what we took away from it, I think that sometimes we have a little bit of a skewed idea of how things really are. When you study it out yourself and you examine it yourself, it really opens your eyes and it helps you to see what God really intended what he really meant by that. And certainly I am here to help. Um, But I think you're right. I think it's more of a partnership. Right. Yeah. Relationship. Yeah. But I am here to help. And I feel like that's okay. Like it's okay. Yeah. Like that's my job. And I'm okay with that to, to come alongside you and, um, be strong where you're weak. Honestly, I think and one of the okay. things that that helped me to understand this to a greater degree was developing my own philosophy of youth ministry. And um, my philosophy of youth ministry, I believe, is a biblical philosophy. I take it from uh, Exodus chapter six, as Moses is in, instructing the children of Israel. Um, but I, I, my philosophy is that the church and the youth ministry is not there just as a ministry simply to teenagers. But it's a ministry to parents and to teens. And in in the context of the local church, our responsibility as a youth ministry is simply to come alongside and help parents raise. The 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 bulk of the responsibility lies upon the parents. It's their responsibility to raise their own children. So when someone blames the church for the way that their child turned out, I would say that's that's wrong. That's a wrong way of looking at it because it's not it's not the church's fault your child didn't turn out the way that you wanted them to turn out. You point the fingers at yourself because you have the responsibility to raise that child. And so the church is simply the youth ministry is simply a a tool to come alongside you and help you. And so, you know, when I think about my my wife as my helpmeet, you know, she's not there to clean up everything after me and to make sure that you know, all of my stuff is taken care of and in order, but she is there to come alongside and to help me in ministry. Um, I don't know if that correlation made sense at all, but sure it did. It does to me. I get it. So I got gotcha. you. That's what matters. <laughs> that's okay. What matters. Your next one was what? Um. Okay. This is my last one. And this is the most important one. And that is. I need God like every moment, every minute of every day. There's nothing like a close relationship with another sinner (laughs) to really show you what kind of a sinner you are yourself. Like... You are more yourself with your spouse than you are with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And they see um, they see you at your core, like at your best, and they see you at your worst. And putting two sinners in the same room together, I mean, that, does, that doesn't always work out well. Well, that's why no <laughs> that's marriage is, is perfect. No, and no marriage. marriage will ever be perfect Mm-mm. because... You're bringing two sinful people together 
in a close, intimate bond. Right. Um, but it so, so highlights, like, my depravity. Honestly, it, it so highlights, like, how much I need God. And, you know, every good thing in my life is by his grace, not because I've earned it, not because I deserve it, but by his grace, simply by his grace. And I need his help every day. I need to, um, you know, recommit my life to him every single, it's not a one and done thing. It's not like I recommitted my life to the Lord when I was 13 years old. It's not like that. It's like an every day, every moment, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I want to follow you. I need you. And then I think about, too, like, not just in the everyday moments of life, but in the difficult times of life. And people say this all the time. Like, I don't know how people go through hard times in their life without um, God, without receiving his strength, without a peace that passes understanding that only comes from him. Um, I can't imagine how difficult that must be. But, man, there there is no other relationship in this world that highlights the fact that I need God desperately than our marriage relationship, than being a mom. Um, the kids trying my patience. You, man. You I don't try ever try my your patience. patience. Listen, this man has no sense of urgency ever. I, that's not true. There could be a fire. I'm pretty laid back. Burning our house down. And I would be like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And he's like, I'm All pretty. Right. I'm pretty laid back. Well, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we can go. We can. <laughs> so when we're rushing out the door, sometimes, and I'm like, "All right, I gotta be there at this time." Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Why are we walking so slow? I don't understand why everybody's moving in slow motion. <laughs> like, and I'm a like, "Okay, we're done. Ready? Let's get in the car." And he's a like, "Huh?" Methodical, <laughs> slow. Like, man, that tries my patience. And that's okay. It's okay for you to be like that. That's your personality. But man, that shows me where I am struggling because I do not always respond well in those situations. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if there's anything that's more frustrating, like when you're in a hurry, it's that everybody else that's coming along with you is moving like a turtle. Like that's super frustrating. But I mean, it's just that's just one just one example. That's just one way that I try your patience. No, that's just one way that I need God (laughs) because I need to learn patience. I can see that. I certainly am not perfect. I certainly am nowhere close to being perfect. And I need his help every day and his guidance and his wisdom. And yeah. That's good. My last one is not nearly as, uh, I guess you would say, spiritual. I'm more spiritual Um, than you. (laughs) (laughs) But my last one was this. I have learned and am learning to appreciate the little things in life. You know, the things that we just um, every day kind of pass by and don't pay any attention to those little moments that um, are, you know, we're going to forget about, but to appreciate them and to slow down and to, you know, just take some time to appreciate the things. And I, I still could learn it better because, um, you know, we lead busy lives and and it's just 
often go, go, go and not slowing down to appreciate the moments, the little moments um, and the, the little things that the little blessings that God gives us. Yeah. And I'm guilty of not slowing down. I'm a I've always been this looking forward to the next stage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking forward to. Oh, I can't wait till we can graduate from high school. Oh, I can't wait till we can graduate from college. Oh, I can't wait till we can get married. Oh, I can't wait till we can have kids. Oh, I can't wait till, you know, it's always, it's always like looking forward to the next thing. And it's hard to realize. And I've heard people say this, like, these are the good old days. It's hard to stop and to recognize that there are blessings right in front of us and life is happening right in front of us. And unless we stop and take notice and appreciate those little things, those little blessings, um, now we're just going to miss it. Yeah. We're going to miss our life. We're going to miss all the things we could be noticing, all the things we could be appreciating. We're going to miss it. Yeah. And then we're going to look back and think, and I mean, even appreciating things like, you know, the beauty of of whatever, a flower or the beauty of the a, a lake or, you know, just the things that we so often take for granted that we walk past every day or that we see every day or, you know, the sound of the rain hitting, you know, uh, uh, an awning or something like, you know, I know I'm getting like poetic here, you but um, I'm just, I just, eloquent. those little things and those moments, like even today I was in the car and uh, the radio was on and it was like stat- all static and I was getting annoyed. So I turned the radio off and it was raining and the rain was hitting the roof of the car. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> but just the little things, just appreciating the little things in life. The fact that we have life, the fact that we have the ability uh, to, to be able to enjoy these things. Um, just, you know, even just spending time with family, spending in, and seeing memories and making memories. Um, those things are important. Right. And those things are gifts yeah. from God. Yeah. And we're, we put our head down or we look in our phone and we're, you know, the world is so busy. We always have something going. It's always noisy. Yeah. That it's hard to, it's hard to turn off the radio and just sit in a car. Yeah. But when you do, wow. Yeah. So take some time today and appreciate the little things. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And I'm so glad you married me even though you knew me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad God put us together. And sometimes even when I want to run and hide, (laughs) sometimes I am still grateful that it is you and it has always been you. And it will always be you. I'm grateful for that as well. Man, I'm better at this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, guys, that's 15 things that we have learned and still are, are learning, learning in the last 15 years for of what it's our worth. marriage and life. Yeah, for what it's worth. But I know that you guys have some incredible things that you could share. So hop on over to Facebook. What Let, is it? Let's do a giveaway. Facebook.com forward slash the he said she said podcast and I don't know what it is. connect with us on there. 
let us know what you have learned uh, in your years of marriage. Maybe you've only been married for a few years. Maybe it's been a few months, but you had to have learned something, hopefully. And so yeah, I, just let us know what you've learned. Young married friends that are incredibly wise. Yeah. And so everybody has something they can contribute. We would love to hear. Can from we do you guys. a giveaway? We can do a giveaway, but let's do it on next week's episode. Fine. So we can give them a little bit more information. Yay. Okay. So let's give you something. Okay, just guys. For fun. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back with you again next week. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.